0: Welcome to Not Safe for Lockdown, a podcast about life and lockdown as a PhD student. I'm Jessica. I'm Georgia. Thank you for tuning in again this week. Today, we're going to speak about positivity and positive things because we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or, you know, we're ostensibly past the peak, aren't we?
1: Mm. Yeah, things definitely sort of seem to not only be opening up but the sort of rate of opening up seems to be kind of speeding up a little bit and we're starting to have dates for when so called non essential shops will be open and things like that. So
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the even though we are fully aware that death rates are falling in very, very small numbers, um, the bigger picture seems like it's going down. So yeah, we're not undermining the, the the tragedies if you will um so today we're going to just talk about some positive things that have happened to us so georgia do you want to go first
1: uh yeah so i'm gonna talk about uh i'm gonna potentially incriminate myself by talking about uh, some lockdown rule breaking that i've been doing for the last few weeks uh so we like on these podcasts to throw a bit of a a mention of the recording date in there so that future historians can use them as a really good source. Uh, So (laughs) this is the 29th of May. We're nearly at the end of May. Uh, We have been in lockdown for like half of March, all of April, all of May now. So uh, quite a long time. Um, But for the last few weeks, and particularly in the last one week, uh, certain rules have perhaps been undermined by the behavior of particular unelected officials and i personally have taken that as an opportunity to uh stretch the definition of the rules a little bit and what i did this week is travel 120 miles down the uh, m5 to visit my family uh and i just spent a few days just down in there. uh sort of little rural village, being very careful not to expose myself to the local population or anything, but just chilling out in the back garden. They set me up a little desk uh, where I could do my work and I just, yeah, luxuriated in the experience of being close to people that I haven't seen for a really long time. And uh, yeah, and it turned out to be really good. I've talked in some of our more negative episodes I've talked a lot about, you know, being very uh sort of blocked academically and not being able to do any work and the work that I've been doing hasn't been very good and I feel like the the last couple of days just working in a different environment having like a a bigger selection of people to talk to has uh meant that I've written more in I wrote more in 3 days than I have in the previous month. <laughs> so
0: that's really good and Um, you don't feel kind of anxious about that trip that you made?
1: I feel, I don't feel entirely unanxious. My mum's dad is uh, immunocompromised and anytime she was going to visit him, I was like, you need to completely, you know, disinfect everything. You need to be really careful. Like, don't hang around me for the hour before you go. Everything like um you know trying to be as uh trying to take that as seriously as I could but I know that she'd already been taking his health really seriously anyway um so you know I obviously if something happens now I'm going to be very (laughs) very guilty but I can't I, th- I can't say that I feel too bad about that.
0: No, it right and, now. and I think this is that the point that we're at which is which is kind of good in that, um, you know, we have to weigh up both now it's not just me- weighing up physical health, but it's weighing up mental health as well. And the and I think it's really great that you were able to kind of take that decision because the risks are lower now, obviously not for your granddad, but um, in terms of lots of the people now who are dying from the virus are that you know immunocompromised as you say 0.05% of cases are dying so I think now now that government rules have been flouted it's a a question of common sense unfortunately with common sense has to be common and uh, uh, there's still some uh, defenceness about some of these rules but you know I think if it helps makes you if it has helped you that's such a good thing
1: Yeah and I think I mean at the risk of maybe uh, giving myself too much credit but I think it maybe wasn't only good for my mental health. I think that my mum and dad both got quite a positive experience out of it as well. You know me and my sister have both been far away from them and they haven't been able to see us and um, you know we're we all live relatively distant from one another, but we would usually see each other once a month. Like it's uncommon for us to go so long without meeting in person. And it definitely, I think, showed, you know, like we're we're quite a huggy family anyway, but hugs were just off the charts, just at the slightest opportunity. No, I think
0: that's really nice. And sometimes I, because I've been self-isolating with my parents um, or in lockdown rather, at that, um, you know, it's kind of crap like I wish I was with friends or whatever, or even my own place. But um, I think I'll look back and be like, how fun that we got to spend that time together. Like there will be, you know, if my children or whatever ask, how do you spend lockdowns? Like, oh, well, I always spend it with your grandparents and it was fun. So I just keep on trying to think about that. Um, yeah.
1: And, and I mean, not at the, at the risk of being too morbid and we have to cut it out of our positive episode. Your relationship with your parents is one that will end before you want it to generally. Yes, yeah. So it's better to, it's better to have the time this way. Yeah. I think even if they're driving you crazy, there'll be a time in your later life where you look back on it and think you wish you could do it all again.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe. <laughs> um yeah. so what's your positive thing?
0: I was torn and I still am torn, so I might do too many positive things. Yeah. But um so the first was obviously it was my birthday a couple of weeks ago. Um but as Georgia knows, uh, on the day my sister sent me a 17-minute video, uh, my sister and my best friend Amber um, sent that, sorry, of all my friends kind of wishing me happy birthday. I had been saying to Amber while she was planning, actually, that I was very um, affected by things I'd seen on Instagram or people having these amazing lockdown birthdays with their best friends or their partners or whatever. And I, because I was my parents, I was not going to be having that. But she had unbeknownst to me been already making this video which was really really heartwarming and just made me feel very uh, loved and selfish like you know because I, all like that's all I wanted I just wanted like loads of attention and I got it in the end but I think actually this is more of like a selfish positive mo- thing that happened to me is that I I was meant to do the half marathon in Manchester on Sunday but I couldn't last Sunday and this week I just ran it myself.
1: Um, oh, nice. How was your time?
0: It was very good time. I did one hour 50 on the dot.
1: Um, wow! <laughs> uh,
0: and obviously a race pace. I, would, I didn't race it, I just ran it. So it bodes well when I eventually do a half marathon that I could get quite a good, decent time. That is the longest I've ever ran. And I've been like training still at home for it. And that just was a really... And I didn't come out of it also. Sometimes if you run very long, you like maybe give yourself an injury, but I didn't. I was able to like do stuff for the rest of the day, uh, which was really good. So yeah.
1: Well, that is, I think that's two nice examples. One of something that was kind of a nice thing that other people did for you. And then another, th- another thing's a nice thing you did for yourself, which I think is kind of, kind of illustrates like the two the two sides of sort of well-being isn't it like some of it comes from other people from your community and and another part of it perhaps a more significant part of it comes from inside
0: yeah and I think because I've been struggling with the uh, last week I was very um very lonely and because I've been struggling with that you when you're lonely you put all of your um you tend to think that all your happiness has to come from other people and then doing that run was really like it it like you know in psychologist terms it kind of reinforces like self-compassion mm. um and it just reminds you that you can actually do stuff by yourself and and running is known to be a great antidepressant anyway um but it was just really like empowering and I just uh felt really good after it
1: I while I was home I went running with both my parents my mum the first day and my dad the second day uh and we all like all of us are kind of people who enjoy a bit of a jog um but we're not like very serious about it or anything i'm the only one of us who's ever done a race and i did not do an amazing time um but um you know like while we've been locked down separately we'll send each other strava screenshots and stuff and you know cheer each other on and stuff and um i my parents would always be like wow you know you set really good paces comparatively by the group of us uh, and then I ran the routes that they ran and oh my god it's not surprising that I'm getting around my 5k faster because they just run the just the craziest like most steep rural routes That's... like I'm I just have these lovely flat tarmac times oh my god
0: Manchester is a dream it's so flat when I came back first it took such a while because north london is notoriously very hilly i can't go anywhere without going up a hill um oh my god yeah and my strava times i'm just like fuck's sake
1: <laughs> these don't count yeah they don't get
0: because you do sometimes you lose like 20 seconds off a mile or you yeah, gain 20 I- seconds on a mile sorry
1: yeah, I I probably gained twenty seconds on a kilometer, which is almost twice as bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, um,
0: also, just realising that we don't follow each other on Strava.
1: <laughs> oh, I I actually don't use Strava. I use a Strava like that <laughs> okay. I like more. Um, but my dad uses Strava. Um, Uh, Yeah, and, you know, my dad, who is about to turn 70 and has had a quadruple heart bypass, just absolutely leaving me in the dust. (laughs) Pretty embarrassing. It is
0: really good, but it's making me look forward to coming back to Manchester when it's just going to be flat, flat, flat. Um, And speaking of positive things, I I think I can see a time when I'm coming back to Manchester before as well. Before I wasn't really sure... Everything was up in the air and now I think I'm coming back in July. So these are kind of a few things that have happened this week, which have really, or like in the past two weeks, that have put a light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yeah, I think that's been a big, quite a big thing, is that the last couple of weeks have felt like a turning point. There's definitely still a long way to go before we're we're out of the woods with the, with the COVID-19 pandemic. And like you said at the start, I'm definitely not trying to downplay the very real losses that people have experienced or or act sort of flippant about it but i it does feel like the a corner is being turned
0: notably i mean i guess some of the what you said was touching on your phd but i think it's good that both of our positive things are not related yeah also, yeah, being in a positive mood does help your PhD. But sometimes I find that I'll be in a good place with my work and a really bad place with my mental health. Um,
1: yeah, and vice versa, I think. Yeah. like you know, it's um, they're not so closely related. Sometimes you're in a great mood and that makes you want to write. Sometimes you're in a great mood and that makes you want to bury your PhD in a hole and never see it again. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm having a good relationship with my PhD at the moment. Oh, not with the, this article I'm trying to draft, but... Um, and I think also having a panel date, as you said, can give you a bit of spring in your step. I think we have to acknowledge now that, uh, yeah, it, it, this is going to change academia for a while, but now that we have adapted, I think I'm in adapted phase of lockdown.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, just, just as it's starting to sort of lighten up, we're finally adapting to I'm it. I'm suddenly getting panics of
0: like, Oh my god! I'm gonna to have to start be able to like go out at night and interact with people when I just want to watch TV. But um, hopefully that panic won't come.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that will settle down. I even I get that sometimes. Just like, what's it going to be like, you know, to be back to normality? But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Um, okay. Well, thank you for listening to this mini-sode of Not Safe for Lockdown. I've been Jessica I've been Jessica I'm Jessica
1: <laughs> she still is
0: Jessica <laughs> I,
1: I continue to be Georgia
0: um, and please tune in next week for another episode
1: bye bye Bye. not safe for publication is a podcast by and for the research students of the Faculty of Humanities at the University of Manchester if you want to get in touch with us you can reach us on Twitter at NSFPPodcast or you can email us at nsfppodcast at gmail.com. Our intro and outro music is Hat the Jazz by Twin MusicOM.